listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's a daily tense news wrap for this Thursday, the 23rd of June 2022. Later, households becoming a bit more price sensitive, but first to the Australian share market, which rose 0.3%, the S&P ASX 200, 6,528. That's despite warnings from the US Federal Reserve that a recession in the US is a possibility. For more, I spoke earlier with Chris Weston from Pepperstone. I think a number of people have been talking the, the recession word for a, for a few weeks now. Um, but I think Jerome Powell, the head of the Federal Reserve, has opened the door. He said it is a possibility. In fact, you know, engineering a soft landing, uh, so to speak, may be quite problematic. I think the market has done a big switch. I think we're at a defining moment as a result of that. We're clearly seeing that being priced into various parts of the financial markets now that this recession, two quarters of negative GDP, is becoming the base case of the markets. The markets are responding um, as commodity prices have gone up, obviously, on supply side issues. Um, interest rates have been put up and they, you know, they're expected to be put up more aggressively and that's having a big impact on demand and that the market is now saying to themselves that the chance of a recession, certainly in the US but other, other economies as well, is the base case and, and, and you know, they're expressing that in various parts of the financial markets. I guess one of the reasons why we are seeing this recession talk is because interest rates are going to rise pretty swiftly, right? What's the market now expecting in terms of the, what's happening with interest rates? Because not only will it rise... People are talking about it falling already. That's correct. I mean, it's an interesting dynamic. So, you know, we probably don't have it as, as pronounced here in Australia because the market's expecting the cash rate to be above 3% by the end of the year and then probably plateau through 2023. And then there's a small element of rate cuts that are priced into the Australian swaps market for 2024. But where it is really pronounced is in the US. And the market is saying that we are going to see aggressive rate hikes from the Federal Reserve this year, getting into about 3% in the Fed funds rate just over that level. Um, but now we're pricing about 40 basis points. Now, if they're working increments of 25 historically, then you know, you've know you not got nearly two rate cuts being priced in for next year. And it's getting more pronounced. Um, as commodity prices have started to fall now, and that's really where you want to be, when to be looking, it's pretty clear that what, what the market is pricing and the map that they're portraying is that we're going to see further economic fragility potentially going into a recession. And obviously, that's been a, an impact of falling demand. Um, that at some stage the Federal Reserve and other central banks may have to pivot um, and announce that they're, they're laying off on interest rates uh, hikes, but potentially even give the, in, in the, the input that they may need to spur economic activity by, by rate, rate cuts coming through. That's certainly the message that we're seeing in the rates market. Now, bear in mind... Then in, in, in the lead up to what we've been seeing, the interest rate markets, the tradable interest rate markets were fantastic at prophesizing um, an aggressive rate hiking cycle. And now they're saying that we're going to get rate cuts. If they're, if they're correct on this call again, it could have big implications for financial markets. So over the past 24 hours, there's increasing talk, as you mentioned, of the US potentially entering a recession. So how's that exactly being played out on our share market? Well, I think it's no different from what we saw in the US uh, share market. And what we're seeing is commodity prices under pressure. Now, commodity prices led us up here based on uh, supply side constraints. Um, you know, obviously, the situation in Ukraine has been a big issue behind that as well. Um, but what we're seeing now is falling commodity prices quite rapidly, whether you're looking at industrial metals like copper or you're going into energy like crude, which is looking like it wants to go down and test $100. You're going to get agricultural commodities like soybean, soy meal. They're all getting hit pretty, very, you know, very high 
hard on the on the idea that we're going to see falling demand. So what does that mean for share markets? Well, we're seeing energy and material prices uh, and stocks coming under big pressure. People are rotating out of those sectors and they're going into areas like REITs because bonds are going bid at the moment. We're finding buyers coming through. So bond yields are falling and that's making an interest rate expectations are falling a little bit in the future. And so REITs are doing well. You've got staples doing well. Defensive areas of the market's doing well. So people are moving out of materials and energy and they're moving back into more defensive areas of the market. And given the falls and the fact that we are in correction territory in Australia, does it present a buying opportunity or do you think there are still some more falls to come? I still think right now there's probably some more falls to come. I don't think we come down to multiples in global markets, uh, especially as we expect earnings to come down, which should lift um, PE multiples in the short term. Um, and I think the market is getting to grips with this idea that we could see a, a recession in certain parts of the world. Um, so I think there's still a lot of question marks, and I think there's further downside to play out on the back of that. But what I do think is, is if this, is this story that's being portrayed by the rates market is correct – and that after a period of economic fragility and pain, perhaps, um, that central banks may ease off. It's that point when when bad news becomes good news for markets that I think we're going to see a substantial rally playing through, not just in equities, but in growth equities. I think we're going to be looking at crypto having a run. Um, you're going to see the US dollar fall and risk generally we should be good. I think the next couple of months could be quite painful, but I think we are coming to a point where if you've got cash, um, you're going to see some fantastic multi-year generational um, opportunities coming through. Chris Weston there from Pepperstone. Now, NAB says a survey shows that Australian households are more price sensitive than they've been for years. For more, John Baldock spoke with NAB's Dean Pearson. We have a consumer stress index, which is really trying to look at the day-to-day stresses impacting Australians. And it covers the usual suspects, things like cost of living, government policy, health, ability to fund retirement, and also job stress. And when you look at those things in aggregate, not surprisingly, our index did go up. So people were more stressed particularly in regards to the cost of living, which really spiked quite heavily. The offset that we're still seeing, though, is job stress is still falling. So in aggregate, our stress index is rising, but perhaps not as fast as some might expect because we are still getting that offset from jobs. I think the interesting thing is uh, when we look at, we actually look at prices with consumers and we do each quarter, and often a really fundamental question often gets unasked when a business raises prices is, will consumers even notice? And often they don't. They typically are hypersensitive to the things that are the more typical day-to-day purchases that we all make. So it isn't a surprise that groceries, utility bills, um, all those sort of petrol, things that are very common in our day-to-day lives are really top of mind. But what we have noticed in the past six months, I'd say, is that consumers are now hyper-aware of across all spending categories. So their perceptions are not just that prices are rising in the things that they're usually hypersensitive to, but their awareness now is that prices are rising across the board. And I think what's interesting is not only are they more aware of price movements, but they're shifting their behaviours on the back of those price changes. And I understand that there's been a bit of a difference between the, the male and female shifting in, in that sense. Um, but were, were there any other areas where, where you, the little peaks and uh, people like showed examples of, of where they're really tweaking their, their, their spending habits? 
I think what, you know, averages really mask those people who are really struggling at the moment. So in aggregate, while our index isn't moving, you know, dramatically so, there are certain categories of people. So, for example, the gap between the stress levels of those on a lower income and a higher income is widening now quickly. People who are unemployed, people who have lost their primary source of income because of COVID are significantly more stressed, younger people, much more so than people who are older, a bit more established in their lives. So while the average result, you know, is quite quite encouraging, there are certain members of the population who are certainly struggling quite a lot. And in regards to gender, you, you often find that women are a bit more sensitive in regards to cost of living rises than men. Um, and that may reflect, you know, traditional stereotypes of who does most of the shopping and so forth. But generally speaking, women will be more sensitive to, to movements in price and, and to financial concerns than, than are men. I mean, long term, what, what would your advice to um, uh, people in Australia be? Well, I mean, would you would it be to continue budgeting? I mean, what's your what's your take out from your survey, and how could people best use the results of this in their everyday lives? I think when you look at some of the things, particularly some lifestyle behaviours, for example, that we're seeing in this report, things like people are, are looking at uh, car trips, for example, and, and trying to take fewer, longer car trips where they can. Um, they're being a little bit more careful around um, travel intentions going forward. Uh, that budgeting plan is really important. What we don't want to see, obviously, as an economist, is panic and as consumers really retreat more generally and start to panic in terms of their, their decisioning going forward. We're not seeing that yet. We're seeing some very reasonable, logical decisions that are being made. Um, but by and large, uh, behaviours are, are quite sensible. You know, we're seeing cutbacks on things that, like food delivery, for example. We're seeing people, you know, shopping around. The consumer is becoming much more educated. And when we look at, you know, some of our other research, we can see that they're better informed than they were before COVID. They're much more proactively out there looking for better deals. So I think, you know, the imper imperative for business really here is to engage with consumers more around value for money, around cost, um, but also bearing in mind that consumers are really shopping around. Uh, but they're looking at things like gym memberships. They're looking at streaming services. Um, they're looking at those incremental treats like coffees and lunches out. So at the moment, you know, there isn't cause for alarm here, but clearly the consumer is much more hyper aware of living conditions and cost of living than they were even three months ago. That's NAB's Dean Pearson speaking with John Balder. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.